0: Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Gary Hall from
1: Exodus and formerly from Slayer, and you're listening to The Razor's Edge. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's Tom here from The Razor's Edge, and I'm here with Paul Waller of Ohms. How are you, sir? Are you well?
0: Hi. Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks for asking me to come on.
1: No, it's a pleasure. It's great. I I literally, before we hopped on, I was just thoroughly enjoying the brand new album, obviously, that we're here to that we're here to talk about today. But before we do delve into rot, um I want to go back a little bit and just find out how the past couple of years have been for you, obviously with the pandemic and everything. Like how have the last few years been for you? Pretty good, but
0: it's been like I'm proper lucky because I could work from home and like uh, the band. When that stopped, it was like, right, okay, well, we've just like finished doing a little tour anyway, so that was okay. We'd already got to tour some of the songs. We were so lucky in that way, and then we just started sending each other songs again. So it was really, it was like perfect pandemic timing, and I got to (laughs) chill and then watch like a ton of horror films as well. So it was like, it just really worked out.
1: Everybody wins. That's that's kind of uh, almost like it was meant to be sort of thing. It's like, oh, guys, okay. we should definitely tour in January. Yeah, we're touring January because I feel like something's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm cool with it. Um, just uh, the next pandemic, if it comes along like that, same again, just less death, maybe.
1: Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> there we go. I'm I'm going. Oof. But did you did you like complete horror? Have like said everything?
0: <laughs> I I had the the best pandemic. What can I say? I just had such a a time like there was no one that i knew that died which is a good i guess spot on Um, yeah but there, there was um the the horror story was there was a little gap between oh like there was this lockdown stopped and then we could go out and we we obviously we can't go overseas but we went to wales me and my wife and got out of a car park we'd been driving for hours and hours because we live like right on the, the southeast coast and then i just pulled up into a car park and there's this band called mammoth weed wizard bastard um i don't know if you've heard of them but anyway they're there and we've toured with them before and like just as i opened the door it was like paul i was like what was this in a rainy car park in the middle of wales and it was uh the guys from mammoth weed and like the the one of the main guys there had got COVID and got it so bad that it can no longer do anything in the band. He was in hospital. Oh and, my god! Yeah, and it was just like that. That's it, and that's why Mammoth Weed aren't Mammoth Weed anymore. Is because like it fucked him up incredibly incredibly badly and it's just one of those things that you just think right man I was loving every second of, of this because nothing affected me I was in my own little literally a bubble Uh and then it was like fuck like there's a good mate
1: and he's like he's just out for the count yeah I'm sorry to hear that man that is that sucks Um, but at least nobody was affected like immediately too close to which is good so I and mean, yes. obviously we're, pa- we're past it now so well are we? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah,
0: of course we are. Yeah, but as I say, um bring the next one on. That's what I'm saying. I need more time off.
1: <laughs> Mate, tell me about it. I got so used to being furloughed. I was like, I'd get used to this.
0: <laughs> yeah, too right. How how us in a the of the, the really comfortable white man? Yeah, I'm I'm doing really well. <laughs> bring it. Yeah. Terrible.
1: Um, then let's go even further back. What made you want to become a musician in the first place? What drew you to music? Was it when you were a kid? Was it your parents?
0: Definitely being a kid, um, I discovered ABBA and KISS at the same time. Um, Both were touring Australia, uh, which is where I was born and raised. Oh, wow. So ABBA, I think, was 78 or 79. So I I was like three or four. No, three. And then a couple of years later, when I was sort of like buying... Trading cards, cricket cards, or soccer cards, or whatever. Um, then Kiss cards came came out, and I was like, "What the hell is Kiss?" Right? <laughs> and I would get these Kiss trading cards, and then like they they toured, they came over, and it was like all over the actual news, and it was just this big thing, like Kiss on the the news. They're visiting Australia, and it was, I would go across the the road to where like a massive shopping center is and you could buy um like these big wall hangings of Gene Simmons and things like this and for a 5 year old this was blowing my pants it was like what is this this is amazing and of course a couple of years later i got like lots of kiss vinyl for christmas or whatever i still probably hadn't heard them very well and- until then and then yeah everything changed so yeah thanks kiss
1: Wow, that's a quite a contrasting set of stars there as well. Abba and Kiss. <laughs> Wait, it's a good combo. The best combo, I would say. They <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> need to make like, a, like merge them together and make like I don't know, Abyss or something, and see this how that is, works out. Uh, <laughs> the black metal version. <laughs> yeah, <of Abyss>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm having it. Um, so, would you say that? So, would you say that Abba and Kiss obviously influenced you uh, in the way of this is what I want to do for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, there was um another thing that was, uh, so that that sort of got it into me that that's what I want to wanna do. Wouldn't that be amazing? Like any kid that sees like a superhero or something like oh, that would be cool to be. But it wasn't until like we'd immigrated to England um, and I saw what, uh, like how all the girls were with Duran Duran and <sighs> it was just like man, they really love this band Duran Duran. um. I was just into them for the music. I didn't know that a whole other thing, like you, you would idolize people in that way. Like sex hadn't even entered my kid brain sort of thing, but I just knew that the girls love this band. So yeah, when I was listening to him, the the main thing that made me want to be a singer and sing was Simon Le Bon's voice, and the way he used it. I just loved it. I thought it was all creamy. I could melt into it. Uh, and yeah, that that's... Uh, That made me just want to be a singer. So yeah, all them three things I would say. So you got Abba, you got Kiss, you got Duran Duran, um, and then then of course like thrash metal, all that sort of stuff happened and just changed everything else.
1: It's incredible. Like it's it's nice to see though, obviously, because I think there's only so much rock metal. I think people, as you get older, like I find myself now, I'm like, oh, can I, we just have a bit of NSYNC or something just for just for a couple of songs? Just, you know, just, you, you need that little bit of like poppy, just happy sort of uh, vibe yeah. going on. Because yeah, yeah. obviously if you listen to metal all the time, that's while, you think like drawers, it's heavy, it's a lot. <laughs> Do you know, it's only recently that
0: I've started getting back into it. Uh, and, and when I say recently, like last few weeks, um, oh, wow. just getting back into metal again, thanks to Enslaved. It was, uh, oh. that, that new record of theirs, like, I, for some reason, just skipped them. I know, I think it was because they said they they weren't black metal. They didn't want, they wanted to separate themselves from that initial scene. And I was like, well, oh, fine, I'll separate myself from listening to you. What an idiot, because, <laughs> like, what a band. That new album just killed me, killed me. It's like a few weeks old now, but I can't stop listening to it. Yeah.
1: Heimdall, it's called, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Oh, yeah. my God, it's great. I mean, when you've got a band that's been going for that long, because obviously they've been around since like the early, early 90s, I think, so. Yep, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, So, Ohms then, how did you guys all meet? Um, Several other sort
0: of local bands, like, got together, and I said, look, I've got 10 years left of being a musician, and this was just about 10, 10 years ago, so I'd hit 40, so I'm coming up to 50, um, I'm 48 now, so I've got a couple years left with this band, and then I'm calling it kaput. Um, and I was like, right, we've got 10 years. What, do you, what do you want to do? And the whole idea was, let's be like Swans, like they've got this massive sort of career. Let's all just go for a meeting around a table. I'll bring a drum beat and this drum beat if you like it will build like songs off of this beat and it was simple as that just one little idea and there was two things that we wanted to do before we give up and that was one to sign to our favorite le- record label which at the time was holy royal records and then wouldn't it be great if we could play this festival that's down the road from us called heavy fest um so it was like right they're, they're the two goals let's let's aim for that right in five years if we're there fantastic and then we can ride it out for another five. brilliant and then within six months that had all happened like we'd we'd just done it it was mad so it was just like the best thing like within that six months period of sitting around that table just a couple of friends a couple of people I didn't know very well but like I just knew from the scene so so good just from a swan sort of drum beat that I just did on a garage band it was just a simple beat should we just
1: go around this yeah So yeah it's great what way to start well tell me (laughs) here's our goals oh we've done it oh we haven't even been from the table yet
0: uh... (laughs) so it leaves you with that problem what do you do now do you want to continue is it is it worth going on because like we've hit those goals and then as most bands will do you just stretch that goal a little bit further a little bit further but we always knew that even from that very first sit down, before we even played a note together, one of us is a teacher, the other one's a full got full time job. There's only two of us that are free to do it, so we can't go and tour America for like six months. So we watched bands like Conjurer, yeah. Who we we we're starting off, and like they'll take us out on tour, we'll take them out on tour, that sort of thing. And then they we get offered the tour, and we can't go to like America, we can't do that two month out there or whatever they did incredible thing that they did and then they they can and like as a unit you can see them tighten up like they're 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 pulling their chops together it's something that we could never never do so we sort of oddly just act like this local band always at this local level So anything that we get, anything that we do, every album is just like, oh, my God, that's amazing. How are we getting this stuff? Because we can't commit to those sort of things. We just can't do it. But we knew from the off. So we're never going to get to that that potential level because we just can't commit to it. So it's a real fucker because you never know if you were ever going to do that. But at the same time, we knew all along. So, yeah, we just do everything that we can. And, like, as I say, every single positive thing that we get is just gravy. It's great. Is it nice kind
1: of knowing you
0: could do it, though? It's nice getting the offers. I feel awful to our booking agent when they come in (laughs) and then we we say, I'm really sorry. Try again, maybe this time next year. And then (laughs) knowing full well that, like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Uh, but what can you do? And and like there is that thing. Well, maybe if this member can't go and that member can't go, then we can sort of pull it together and but no, it, it just wouldn't be the 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 premise of the band, what we got together yeah. for. So it's it's a bit of a dicky thing for us to to treat others that are putting so much time into it, uh, as well as us, because it's like a team behind us, it's not just us, but at the same time it's one of those things we just knew everyone knows going into it. And I think if you're in a band and you function at our level, like, I think that's amazing that you can do that. Like, as I say, I, I've, I watched kiss uh, as that young kid playing in front of like 20,000 people. I didn't know that one day I'd have a chance to play in front of three and a half thousand people. Like that was amazing. I can't believe I've done that. What a thing to tick off. So yeah, it is all a dream come true. So, yeah, I I love it, mate. I absolutely love where we are and what we're doing. It's a shame we couldn't do those American tours or whatever. But, yeah, what can I you think
1: do? Maybe maybe it's like uh, before you all go and put it all to bed, maybe just do one last thing and go, Shall we just do it this one time? So, to be like, Thanks, guys. Cheers. See you later. We're now done. Hooray. Well, the thing I feel
0: like even doing that would be a bit of a dick move because the way that the labels work and things like that, they put that time and effort into you. And if you're not willing to, like, build upon that, then you're letting other people down. And I don't want to let anyone down with it. Like, I know that if we do that and we do get some success off it, then they'll want to build because they've invested more money into us to do it. And yeah, so we're stuck in that sort of thing. And it's like the music industry isn't what it was even when we started. So there's far less money out there. Uh, and I, I know you brought Conjure up already, but I recently had a chat with Brady and like, they've got another American tour and it's just the thought that they're going to go out there. They're going to do that. And they're going to have the best time of their lives. just just, they have so much fun and then they'll come back, but they'll won't have made a penny. From it, it's crazy that, that's mental you know, it's, it's one of those things and it's the same it's the same with us like the first couple of years the investment that we made in the band meant that the next three years or so when we would tour Europe and things like that we'd come home with money in our pockets and things like that and it was like you know it's so good and you can do one gig that will fund your the whole tour and that sort of thing is fantastic but Again, I've got that thing in my head where if I let people down that have given me the benefit of, the ba- benefit of the doubt and some time and money, then I just don't want to fuck them about. So it's tricky. It's tricky. I, I do want to do that sort of thing, but it's tricky.
1: Yeah, bless you, man. I feel for you. Fair play to them being like, do you know what? I'm not going to, I don't want to fuck you over. Don't worry about it. It's, I think, as a lot of people out there, would be like, yeah, and. <laughs> No, but it's
0: too it's too much. And like the people that um that we work with, like Justine and Sammy on Church Road and like uh the the booking agent and things like that, I can't imagine they're raking in, you know, yeah, <laughs> just like <laughs> billions of pounds and like a, on, on yachts and things like that. You know, it's it's just everyone is like like just getting by. So yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, as I say, like these to get offered these things where we'd like can do a festival and things like that. That's all we ever wanted to, to start with. I, we're not a greedy band. Like when we get that sort of thing, we're like, Oh my God, I can't believe we're playing that. And like, look, who's on that bill. I remember how excited we were to know that the locust were playing art tangent the same time we were. And just things like that. Like you can't believe how stoked we are. Or Swans this time around, you know, it's like, my God, swans on that. Oh, that this is the dream. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love Ooh, it. That's amazing. Your reactions are great. It's absolutely incredible. Um, where did the name come from? Where did Ohms actually come from? It was Mark, our um
0: our guitar player. Like we were just trying to come up with something. And it was it's the usual thing of like, right, well, they're all taken, because you just go straight onto Google now. Thank thank you, <laughs> Google. And but no, that's gone. Or I know that even with Ohms, there was a guy that put two m's in there was a band with two m's so it had oh mms and then there was another guy with three h's i think it was but he was a uh, one guy in thailand just on a uh a computer oh, I was like, oh. All right, we can get away with that he's got like 60 listens at the moment or something like that so it's like we can do that so let's just chop that h off so it was like even when we thought ohms is the way And then it was like, right. well, it's too close still. What do we do now? And it was like right. brackets. Let's just put some brackets on there. You know how like the word cult and you stick a V in there or something? And it's just (laughs) like, what, what can you do to make it different? I know there's a thousand names out there that haven't been taken, but I wanted something short that would look great on an album cover if it was just that word, big and stretched out. And yeah, and it does but yeah it was weird when we first had our reviews in there was this article i think it was like maybe in the guardian or something like that and it was just like bands that have like commas and like the the, the new um what was it called It's like the the new dictionary of band names or something like that where would where do you put things if you were in a library with ohms being like with two brackets and we were mentioned in this article amongst all these great bands or whatever i was like wow instantly like we've got this we've got that and now we're in the guardian it was all these things that were just like so cool happening at
1: once great loved it that's amazing i remember the days of all the bands that's had the at the beginning so it was like the strokes the hives you know the white stripes <laughs> still good still
0: like it yeah <laughs> bring it yeah I, my favorite was the muse love
1: them hey <laughs> no, i was gonna say i was like I don't... sorry that I did I apologize I went right over my head. I do apologise.
0: <laughs> I didn't hey, catch you. Comedy more. hour. I'm on it.
1: <laughs> so what made you want to go down like the, the post-sludgy metal type style?
0: It was accident, really. Um okay. As I say, all we wanted, I think there was, there was Swans and Genesis and Crass. So I was a journalist when we, started and they were the last bands that i interviewed and i was like right i was talking to the guys on the at the table at the time and said like they're the last three bands so let's just combine them um because we're just spitballing what do you want to do in in your last 10 years as a band sort of thing it's like right i've just spoken to some of the guys from genesis i've just spoken to the guy from swans I've just spoken to uh the guy from crass right let's figure this out and then, as I say, in that practice, we thought we'd nailed it, but it was—it turned out to be just like this is sludge stoner doom. This is this is what this is. And I pretty much I don't know, I don't know. Same year, some point, discovered Black Sabbath, and it was insane. I gave up my whole life to Black <laughs> Sabbath. <laughs> when you discover a new band, especially that late in life, like I was, just like right. This is an amazing back catalogue. I remember them first six albums, just like, that is it. I I So with our first EPs, it was like, we're not going to use anything, any instrument outside of that, that first block of work from Black Sabbath, because if they can do this with all their instruments, we don't need all this shit. Let's just use everything that they do and we can see what we can create from it. So it was a mix of those three initial bands so you had that proggy length of Genesis and like the punk attitude of crass and then me just getting into Black Sabbath and like, can I sound like Aussie? No, no <laughs> I can't, damn it. That's
1: so what it's like. oh man, I love that band. Um, I've, never re- I've never really listened to Black Sabbath properly. I-, I-, I was brought up on like Maiden and Guns N' Roses and like Van Halen and stuff when I was went my- by my dad. But Sabbath was never a band he picked. Which is odd.
0: Yeah, I never liked them growing up at all. I just thought I hated War Pigs. I thought, um, I'm old enough to have seen like Faith No More uh, a fair few times on the Angel Dust tour, and I remember when they would knock out War Pigs, and I just, thought, oh, fuck's sake, <laughs> I, here we go! Uh, and you know, I just hate hated that song, so I just wouldn't go into Black Sabbath. But it honestly it was one of them life changes. The only other one that the, the artist that sort of got me in that same way was when I discovered my, I think it was 30 odd or 32 maybe, but it was Bob Dylan. And again, it's just weird. You've got that massive back catalog, all that stuff to explore and you just lose yourself for six months. And I, I love it when music can do that. Um, funny, funny sort of story as well. I love it when like people argue, I don't know why I said funny. It's not funny. It's just a story, but, <laughs> Like, when people argue, like, like you know the Metallica? Like, what's their best album? Like, someone will say it Ride the Lightning, the other person will be Master of Puppets, and you row about it. And, yeah. like, one of the things with Ohms is I really wanted people to, like, if you were into the band, great, but I want you to row about what your favourite album is. I don't want there to be, like, this is obviously the good one and all these other ones are just, uh oh, or whatever. I wanted them to, like, each one be, like, their own unique thing and people to row about it. And I said it in, like, my... First sort of interview with no, it was Metal Hammer, and I I mentioned that, and like I heard the the guy who was interviewing me just go, yeah, like, and it was like that, oh yeah, like that will ever happen, sort of thing, Uh, and then he's got his own podcast, and they was he was doing just that about own podcast. I loved it. I don't know why just that just came to my head. Yeah, (laughs) that's Stephen Hill. That's the guy. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. Yeah. Such a of sweet moment, it's like, oh, it's almost like if you had a cigarette, you just mm-hmm. want to tap it up. Like, there we are, boys. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so we'll we'll come So Rot obviously is out next Friday, the 31st of March. And yes. I've I've just been indulging myself before we sat down and had this conversation. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm not gonna lie, this is my first introduction to you guys, and I was like, blown away. Absolutely incredible. Cool. Um, and okay. I'm not to because you're here. <laughs> I'll take it. Perfect. Are you excited for the release next week?
0: I guess so. I don't know. It's really strange. I don't know. Like I I really want it out. I want it in my hand. I want that physical thing. I can't wait to just open it. Like the the artwork on it is so incredible. And like it was a discussion with the label. Like we can have all these crazy colours or we can have this lavish gatefold. And I was like, can we just do the gatefold? Like I prefer black vinyl anyway. Um, And like, as a surprise, they sort of did the color thing anyway. So there's a nice oh. color on it anyway. But like, I was just like, so in love with this artwork and knowing that within the next few days, it's going to be in my hand. I'm so, so excited listening to it. Oh, I've heard it a million times. <laughs> like it's really strange. I don't, I'm st- I'm still listening to to it like I go on my dog walks on the morning and I'll I'll crank it up and I'll think oh man I wish that would been a bit longer or I wish we'd cut that bit off but I've got no issues with it like I would with normal homez records so I'm quietly confident and like the reviews that have come through so far have just been like ridiculously good I don't know I, I all all basically all I want to do is to be able to like do a, a few festivals from it. I'm quite happy with that. Um, I know that our guitar guy, like he lived out his dream. Like Stu, he got to play Tech Fest. That's all he wanted. It's all he wanted from being in the band was to play Tech Fest. He got that last year. I know um, Max really, really wants to to play um, Download. And like that's the, the last sort of thing. So maybe we'll get to do that at some point. Don't know, but yeah, I don't know, man. We're just ticking ticking boxes. We're just the luckiest people. Like we get in that practice room and we think, right, is this song any good? Um, no, so we'll just bin it. We don't even work on it. We just bin it. And like when we've got like eight that we like, we'll we'll start recording. Simple as that. And I I don't know many other bands that work that way, but it's just the way the way we do it. Like it's, we won't even go to the next bit. We'll just
1: bin it. That's crazy. I mean, I suppose you don't want to really want to waste time on this, but if you, if, if you if you guys aren't feeling it, and a bit like you know, we're not really sure what's the point in trying to make it work because if you, and if you try, it might not sound right, and then people might be like, "Oh, I'm not a really a big fan of this." It's not, you know, what I mean. So you want to you want yeah. things that you can put all your love into and stuff, and be like, "Yeah, this is fucking awesome." People need to listen to this shit.
0: You spot on. Yeah, completely right. Like, I, you know, when something's working, and it's it's weird when you're you're in a band. The way it's worked with us before is we've always considered what the the fan base would think after the two eps we got like uh, so our very first two things we got this fan base and it's uh how would i describe it without being rude it'd be like a middle not middle <laughs> middle-aged fan base like you got the people with the beards mainly men um uh, that will be wearing clutch t-shirts you know <laughs> and and they that they will be in the front row they'll be at the back row and they'll be in the middle and that was our audience and then over the years it's been like right we don't want to alienate them this album it was just like I don't care anymore if they want to hang on that's great if they don't if they don't like that what where we're going now then it's also great you know
1: no, absolutely. I mean, it's almost like moving with the times. I suppose, in a way. You want to keep, stay relevant and fresh. And I think if you do the same album over and over and over again, people get a bit on the board, I suppose. Like, oh, it just sounds the same as last time.
0: Yeah, but the only thing we've done that I would say are similar is those first two EPs where it was like one song per side and each song was 15 minutes long. And <laughs> it was just real long, stonery like songs and that that's what got us our initial sort of in so yeah i'm happy for it but i can't even dream of playing a 15 minute song now <laughs> it is it's so so strange it's so far from where we are weird weird how like just a few years changes things it's mental isn't it
1: it's it's a, a year doesn't feel very long anymore as you get older when you're a kid it's like bloody hell this year's taking taken ages and now you're like fuck it that's no, december already um But like you you said, you've released, well, you've released three singles, um, Blood Feast, Eating Alive, unbelievable riff at the start of Eating Alive, by the way, and the Mephisto Waltz, also a banger. Um, And you say they've been well-received so far?
0: Yeah, um, surprisingly so. Um, The the Mephisto Waltz has been ready a long, long time. Um, We did that like a couple of years ago, I think just, just as, um, just before COVID hit, we had already sort of bagged them ones so we went when we went back in we we made it so they all sound like a one piece but we already knew where we wanted to go uh as i say um having the pandemic happen just was like right okay we can really nail all this down and get it really good but those singles like i don't know they're like it's odd kerrang put them in their the charts and things like that um so it was really nice to to feature in there um I don't know. I don't know what people. I say after you've done it, like you just don't. It's it's gone. It's a really strange. (laughs) It's a strange thing. Like that. It's like you know how like rock stars will go. Like it's not my baby anymore. It's your baby or whatever. I don't feel like that. It is my (laughs) baby. And don't don't be mean to my baby. Um. But I've got no say anymore. I can't. I can't like do anything about it. I as I say on those dog walks. If I feel like, oh, man, I wish I'd put a harmony under that, like, that would have been so good. I'm kicking myself rather than, like, um, going, oh, it doesn't belong to me. It's, it's it's weird. It's weird. But, yeah, I'm glad you've enjoyed them. Like, yeah, I wonder how they'll go down live because, it's as I say, it's slightly different from my normal stuff, which is quite, like, sometimes slow and headbangery, whereas this is more energetic. I don't yeah. expect pits or anything, but, like, all, all, all oh, you're I... Guys. All I want is people to like go, yeah, <laughs> I'll take that.
1: Just like I said, uh, uh, just a bit ago, the the riffage, the, uh, the very beginning of eating alive, I think people are going go nuts for it. So, I mean, yeah, I do my go shit. Nuts for it.
0: man. I, I, in the practice room, when they like we act like freaking idiots, kids, <laughs> like when we just go off on it, it's like because no one can see us, we're just trapped in that room and it would just I don't know we would never do what we do in that practice room on stage and I wonder what other people looking in would think <laughs> of us like we we leave like soaking with sweat we have so much fun it's like like those videos you get of like New York hardcore in those tiny little rooms yeah just bouncing <laughs> off the walls with each other <laughs> fucking crazy it's the best thing about being in a band is like those little practice room sessions when you just get through a new song and you're like
1: let's just play this for the rest of the time it's <laughs> the best thing best thing and it shows you've got unbelievable chemistry which also makes bands great
0: well yeah well i, I wouldn't know that's um fair for you to decide to yeah wait until you see it
1: live and we're like what was it <laughs> yeah wait to wait for that moment So what would you say sets this album apart from the others that you've already had out?
0: I think it's not so serious. Uh, It's it's a main difference. Like all the political and the social political stuff, it's there, but it's undercurrent. Whereas uh, in all our previous stuff, you could read the lyrics and you would say, right, that might be about animal rights or that might be about domestic abuse or or whatever it would be. And you would be right in thinking those things. Whereas now they're all named after horror movies and when horror movies tend to have a subtext with like political social political themes or or whatever. And that's where I was being sort of as crafty as I could be with the lyrics sort of making sure there are little bits in there still. So I'm not just singing about like someone being, I don't know, grinded in an Iron Maiden or whatever it would be every night. At least then I can be singing about something that I feel is like serious as well but as i say they're just fun like you could you can um sing to the mephisto waltz roxanne roxanne i'm in love with another man and just be like singing that and having a happy drunk time and you'll have just as much fun as you would reading the lyrics at home like so yeah it's different like as i say we've not done it before so it could go real bad (laughs) it could be like Everyone's like, "What the fuck are they doing now?"
1: But we'll see. I'm excited for you guys. I'm excited. I think uh, I think good things are coming from this. Um, I also read that Blood Feast was played on um, Radio One Rock Show last week. Yeah, man, that was cool. That's like awesome. Dampy,
0: Dampy Carter's uh, a card. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like the the conversation about that was not oh wow we got played on radio one it was dan p carter's um when he was in the bloodhound gang so a pra- basically a practice in our room will be we'll go through a set if we like a particular song we'll just go mad at it for half an hour or whatever and then we talk and the conversation went to oh my god we got played on radio one last night or whatever it was and then it was like just all this thing about the bloodhound gang to which I'm like, I don't know anything about the Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> but they were like that, no, Dan P. Carter's on that album, and that that lyric's a bit racy. Like, how's he how's he associated himself with it? And it just went on and on. And I'm like, God, like, we're not doing anything now. What's going on here? <laughs> so that's when when you say that, all I'm thinking is, yeah, Dan P. Carter was in the Bloodhound Gang, and that was a long conversation that I knew
1: nothing about. So yeah. They're, I like that band. there were I there were like um I like some stuff and not the other that makes sense. There's some stuff that again like we said earlier about how um I feel that sometimes bands put things out just for the sake of putting it out, right? Um, yeah. but then they also had some stuff which was unbelievable and incredible. So that's I, I mean I as a teenager when they were around, so I'm a young I'm a, I'm only a and so um yeah they had some absolute bangers.
0: Well, Still, the, my uh, there was an. A time I did see them, I think it was on One Fierce Beer Coaster. I think that was an album. I hope it was. Um, and <laughs> as he left the stage, he walked in slow motion, um, to the point where like the the people were packing up gear around him and he was still on stage walking <laughs> really slow. And like he was dead serious, and people were in the audience just looking at him. And like honestly, 20 minutes or so what a commitment to a bit like what a guy so gotta give him that but yeah I think that was on that tour I can't
1: remember that's amazing though what a story what a um <laughs> <laughs> uh, music videos so I'm I'm on about the process of them not the completed version love them or hate them
0: um I hate music videos yeah I don't I don't don't like them. No, I did. We did one where I did like it. So basically, I think they should be like an artistic statement. Like the music on your record is your artistic statement. So what I've done with my vocals and the lyrics and the way I phrase them and fit them within the the band's music—that's me being an artist, uh, as as um, pretentious as that sounds. That's my bit of art that I've given to the world, and I'm really proud of. I don't think like you should do a video if, unless you've got that same passion for it. Uh, yeah. We've done them, um, and it's a necessary thing. Like YouTube is ridiculously important, ridiculous, but it's something I've got no no time for, no love for, except that one time where we did a video for Shambles, which with the dissolution of um, Holy Roll Records, it was attached to them. So I don't think there's even a copy of it about anymore where I sat in a studio and was filmed um, from various different angles, just doing this song, like maybe I don't know 40, 50 times just mouthing the words to it. So it was a long day, a real long day. And it was all like screens all around me. And we had this guy come in, do professional filming and stuff like that. And he would, he it just done such an epic thing. And I think we've got like maybe 10 seconds of it as a promo that we've still got. So you can see 10 seconds of this like five minute video that we did. Um, but it was the one artistic thing that I said, yeah, that guy that made that for us, he could be really proud of that. Um, but other than that, like the, the, the Mephisto Waltz video, like I gave Cheney a few black and white films and said, can you just do them on your phone? So he edited it all together on his phone gave it to max who then is our drummer and then he put the words on the screen done knock it out
1: uh, and that's it i don't care i really don't care. it's i think if it was back in the early 2000s because they used to, be, music videos used to be massive in like late 90s early 2000s sort of thing obviously there was channels de- i mean they still are channels dedicated obviously but yeah. they pretty much play old stuff now um i used to li- literally live in my bedroom and watch music videos all day i'd record Kerrang on vhs and just let it record all night because they put all the good stuff at night and just sit and watch it all day just love it I used to love those days
0: yeah man 120 minutes was my bag man when that came on <laughs> I was, like i would make sure that like my friend daniel he would record that for us because he had access to uh was it mtv i don't know where it was on yeah it was mtv 120 minutes and then We'd come, we'd come over the next weekend with it all on there and we'd be, like, sitting down, like, watching the latest Smashing Pumpkins thing or whatever it would oh. be. It was just, like, so good. But, yeah, as I say, like, I know how important it is. I know some people, they just discover music from YouTube. So I know it is important, like, right? and it, the music industry's changed. But, yeah, it means nothing to me. I couldn't care less. Like, we can't afford... To do a like this is America, you know, like a video like that that's <laughs> yeah. gonna gonna change things and like makes makes you look at things in a different way and inspires you. No, the Mephisto Waltz isn't gonna be that. It's just gonna be like let's put that up there <laughs> and then it, hopefully someone can listen
1: to our song that way. Yeah, Nope, fair, fair enough. Um, you said before that you were hoping to tour, uh, do some festivals with this uh, with this record. You've got a little mini tour in April, haven't you? played a few shows in the UK. Yeah, we got a double uh, weekender. I'm
0: excited about that. Like, it, we get to play, like, people like, oh, Norwich. But well, I love playing Norwich. Like, I love Norwich. <laughs> so, yes, <yeah>, um, we, <laughs> we were given a choice of, like, a few dates in Europe somewhere or Norwich. I'm going to choose Norwich every time. Thank you, Norwich.
1: I love <laughs> Norwich. It's a weirdly beautiful place. Love it. it- it, I never. When I, when I've been. I've been there. I didn't expect it to be as like lovely as it. I expect it to, be, you know, be nice. But I look around going, "Fuck, Norwich is stunning." <laughs> it's it, like a forgotten place. Is. Yeah, it
0: bloody is like, and the people in the venue that we're playing uh, are so so cool. So yeah, we had a great time last time we were there. But playing a few festivals as well. I think there's a few we can't announce. So like, there there is lots coming up um it's it's pretty exciting I'm a bit nervous about like playing some of the new songs as I say I'm not sure how they will even fit into the set we're trying to knock them out in the in the practice room now like trying to jam things together how does that work against that it's it's interesting we'll see how it works I I don't know it's too new like we'll see (laughs) it could be really awful or it could be like one of those things. I remember a guy coming up to me after a gig we played in Bristol, and he said to me, like, would he, something, and I, I'm i not being, like, um, full of hyperbole here, but he said, like, that, that I'm sorry, he probably was, he said, like, that was life-changing. I was so inspired. He was dancing around that room, buzzing around, like, something else you wouldn't believe. And, like, I forgot what that feels like, to, like, be watching a band and be that inspired by a, a band, like... Uh, especially a band our size and i've done it before like growing up there's been like local bands or or bands that are, are on that periphery like you might see their name in kerrang here and again but they're not on the front cover or whatever um and that's that's the sort of thing that like oh man i can't believe people aren't talking about this band i'm just blown away by them and if we can do that for a handful of people man that's that's awesome isn't it it's great
1: that must be an amazing feeling to have someone say that to you
0: it's weird uh, to the point where you don't believe them
1: but like you, what you've got to take people at their word so okay yeah no fair um so obviously i mean this is audio only so people can't see the wonderful thing behind you but a year in horror which is a podcast that you've done for uh your patreon i believe um give us a brief description of that
0: Yeah so like I do a horror podcast so every month I choose a year out of a bag and then I will just talk about all the horror films from that year put them in an order and then in the middle of the month I'll interview my favorite bands so like just over the past couple of weeks I've interviewed members from Hole from Slayer like it was amazing I got to speak to Dave Lombardo can you believe that uh it's just amazing uh Melvin's I spoke to King Buzzo the other day. It was just like, this is the best time of my whole life. Like, I'm <laughs> living the fucking dream right now. Um, but also, I was like, like, well, I've got, like, within the podcasting, I've got, like, a bigger fan base probably than at Ohms. Like, the listener to this ship, uh, to this ship, sorry, is quite a I'll lot. <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, the listener to, the listener ship to it. There we go. It's, I- it's. A lot bigger than our listenership to Ohms. So I was like, right, well, let's introduce the the Patreons to to Ohms. So, yeah, so basically what I've done here is, like, over the five-week period until the run-up and then one week after it, I'm just interviewing the bands and, like, uh, so interviewing the members of the band. And then they've really gone into some strange stuff that I didn't even know because they're my friends. And like to to find out things about it's weird when you interview someone that you've known forever, because you don't normally sit down with your mate and go, like, why do you like that sound on that pedal? You know what? And just and they'll go into it like how, like, oh, like I was watching a manga in like <laughs> 1998. And then it, this pedal sounds like the bit of sucky Doji or something. And it's like that that sort of thing. It's like, right. OK, well, now I know that about you. And, and <laughs> we just explored those sort of things with each other. And it was, it was really nice just to get to know my friends a bit better, to be honest with you. So yeah, I just interviewed the bands and it's all up there and it's the one bit of Patreon where there's no paywall. So you can just go on there and you can go to, I think it's patreon.com forward slash a year in horror, scroll down and you will see like the Ohms interviews. And it's like how we created rock really as simple as that. It's just like, like they choose a song each that they individually wrote. And then we just go at hey, it. How did
1: you do it? That's amazing. Paul, this has been wonderful. I've absolutely, I've really, really enjoyed talking to you, my friend. And uh, obviously the brand new album, Rot, is out next Friday, the 31st of March, for anyone that's uh, listened to us right now. Um, before I do let you skedaddle and get out of here, though, is there any plugs, social medias, anything you want people to go and check out? Um, Just...
0: Type in Church Road Records to Google. Um, have a little look down there. Um, that's where you can find our records, our our merch as well. Um, yeah, just just have a look at Justine and Sammy and what they're doing. They're both employed to serve, so they're really busy. Like, but they are committed. They are lifers, unlike me, who's not willing to quit my job. Like, <laughs> they have given up everything for music and. To be part of their life, for homes to be part of that and their dream, that's amazing. So, yeah, like, hit them up. Go into Google Church Road Records and just spend a little bit of your hard-earned on them.
1: Thanks for listening. Make sure you keep up to date with future episodes by subscribing to our channels. For more information on this podcast, Or for all the latest music news, reviews, interviews and more, head over to our website, www.therazor'sedge.rocks.